0: Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast, episode number twenty-six. I'm uh, your host, Brooke McCallery. Hello, Ben.
1: G'day. One of these days, I'm going to replay the intro from the beginning and see how much it's changed.
0: They all sound the same. Exactly. Hello.
1: Hello. Well, episode twenty-six, and we're we're in the in the midst of September, and what a. What better month than September to start talking about Christmas?
0: I kind of hate myself that I'm the person talking about Christmas in September. Um, but that's exactly what we talk about, actually, in this episode today. Um, I got an, uh, a message on Facebook from a listener, Natalie, uh, who asked some really good questions about Christmas. And, I mean, well, I, I was kind of loath to talk about it this early in the year, I think it's actually kind of important because people are in the States, kids are back at school and um, after the holidays here in Australia, school holidays, which are about to start, people are going to start thinking about Christmas. And I guess to do it simple and slow or to at least start making changes towards that, you do need to put a bit of thought and effort into it. So that's why um, we're talking Christmas today. Please don't hate me. Um, But I've actually, I actually asked Sabelle Masterman back to do uh, today's show with me because um, she and I, we, we've got really similar approaches in a lot of things, but we're also different enough, I think, to have a different point of view. Like she's she's got a probably much more heavy um, handmade, homemade bent to her home and what the things that she, she likes and the things that she creates, whereas I'm not so much into into that. So I thought it was interesting to kind of look at both sides of it.
1: Yeah, and big thanks to Sibel for sort of jumping in. Um, Brooke has been, um, I think, as we mentioned in, in a previous podcast, quite unwell. In fact, she was she's had pneumonia, and is only really just recovering. So, so episode twenty six, featuring Sibel Mastermind. <laughs> So, before we get into episode 26, let's talk about our wonderful partners, Audible.com.
0: Audible has over 180,000 audiobooks and audio products for you. And today, and most episodes previous to this, you can actually sign up to Audible and get a free audiobook, any book of your choice. Uh, if you head to audibletrial.com slash slow, you can pick any book uh, and you also get a, a month long free trial. I've actually asked Sabelle, who I'll be chatting to in a second, to recommend a book because I feel like I'm kind of running out and she has recommended a few really cracking books. But the one that she's um, put up today is The Omnivore's Dilemma, uh, a book by Michael Pollan. So Michael Pollan writes a lot about the food that we eat and uh, you know how it's produced those kind of things. So I think that would be a really interesting book for people who are interested in uh, slow food and, you know, good whole foods and also just understanding more about the systems behind the food that we eat. So that comes direct from Sabelle who knows what she's talking about. She listens to a lot of audiobooks. books. Um, today as well, If you, there will be quite a few um, resources and blog posts and things that are relevant to what Belle and I talk about in uh, in the episode. So head over to slowyourhome.com forward slash twenty-six and uh, you can you can find all of those details there. The one other thing that I did want to mention, um Belle is the person that I'm presenting my workshops with. Um, we're we're running one in one in Melbourne, one in Canberra and one in Brisbane between now and the middle of November. So if you are interested in, in coming along to a day-long slow living workshop at uh, in any of those cities, head to theslowroad.co and you'll find all the details and tickets there. I, w- I will say that the Melbourne event is uh, – I mean, all our early bird tickets are almost gone for all the events, but we do have uh, some standard tickets left if you head over to co, and um, –
1: Sounds really good. Now, today's podcast is uh, quite long and um, <clears throat> really interested in, in people's thoughts of how long they like podcasts because um, up to now, we've sort of tried to work it out to around about the 45 to 50 minute mark. Um, about 80% of the podcasts are around that length. But this one will be over. And I'm really interested because my favourite podcasts run over an hour. What about yours?
0: Yeah, mine mine all run over an hour. Like Nerdist and WTF and stuff, they all run about an hour, sometimes a bit more. And it doesn't bother me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm
1: just just really interested to throw it out there, leave some comments uh, on um, today's blog um, of what. What people think, you know, what what, what you prefer, because um, we are a bit divided on uh, how long we think these should go for. But anyway, um, on with the show. Enjoy the pogpast.
0: Enjoy the pogpast.
2: Good. Thanks for talking to me. It's always a pleasure. Any excuse to have a yarn with you is a good one, I reckon. I know.
0: I do kind of hate myself, though, because we're going to be talking about Christmas and it's only September. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and- no, I think it makes sense, because if you want to make changes, then you have to sometimes start these things early and if you want to do it in a in a non-stressful way then you yeah you probably want to think about it a bit sooner rather than later otherwise christmas is suddenly on you and you're like ah
0: it's funny i come from a a family of um particularly my mom she's like prodigious gift planner um, not so much anymore but when we were younger so we've got a big family, like a big extended family. When we were younger she would um, we'd have Christmas Day and then Boxing Day typically was a public holiday and then when the post-Christmas sales were on she would be there buying Christmas presents for the next year. So I actually feel, oh, like uh-huh. I've, I've, <laughs> I've grown up feeling like I'm, you know, super lame because I'm not kind of all done and dusted, everything wrapped by this time of the year but um, I've always been a kind of a last-minuter. And uh, only the last few years, I've changed my tune a bit. But
2: so, how's how's your mum coped with all the changes in your approach to Christmas <laughs> and things like
0: that? But she's been wonderful, actually. They, everyone mm-hmm. has. You know, we've been. It's a, It's been a really gradual uh, process that we've shifted from. You know what life was like a few years ago to what we are now, which is just much less of a focus on stuff. Um, in mm-hmm. terms of the kids, I, I, we still buy gifts for our kids um you know ben and i and then my family still buys gifts for all the the kids but i think everyone's really measured about it and um really thoughtful you know it's more about things that are useful rather than things that are kind of frivolous so they might um put in and buy the kids like if they needed a bike they bought them a bike one year and then it would be things Mm. like clothes or a nice outfit that they needed or Um, you know, school bag, that kind of stuff. So I think it was and it was never um, it was never kind of over the top just like a a kind of situation but it's just
2: <laughs> it wasn't a river of plastic <laughs> no, <then. laughs>
0: no it never was but it was always stuff that we needed like still now my mum and dad will give us um not that my dad's got anything to do <laughs> with it but um they'll give us like uh, you know a big package of underpants for christmas <laughs> and um six <laughs> bottles of wine and things that are genuinely very useful
2: <laughs> We get wine glasses, which are actually useful in this household because for some, I think wine glasses are designed to be broken. So <laughs> <laughs> somehow, somehow like that, because we throw them in the dishwasher and everything. So then they we get a standard, standard issue of wine glasses as a birthday gift sometime in the year, which yeah. has been really quite useful. But, yeah, it's interesting how I think it, when you were saying about the The even once you stop sort of giving as many gifts to the adults and you have a conversation with the family, I I think I we found the same thing that um people start to actually apply that same consideration to buying the presents for the kids because we still have sort of I guess open slather for the children present buying thing, but like the same thing happened to our family where the presents are a lot more considered, like a you know, a beautiful, really beautiful um like a four-wheely thing for our little toddler for him to ride around on like a beautiful um handmade one and he just adores it it's his one that he uses and so um and similarly for the you know our older boy you know he gets his lego or whatever and it's that's people have thought about it and you know thought what he likes and um they get them the things that they know they'll use because I guess if you're not running around frantically buying stuff just to tick off a list, then you're actually able to put more consideration into the gifts that you are buying. Like I don't know about you because I remember – my father my father and his family it was very much on homemade stuff like so he would restore something or make something for me and he would start it you know a couple of months earlier and so I knew that what he was giving me was something very special but um you know for my mom's family and you sort of brother's family and stuff like you know half brother's family and that kind of stuff we it was a lot more like big family big Christmas I had a list of people that I had to buy gifts for and I didn't really know them in it very well and I literally only saw them once a year um and I was buying stuff just to feel you know that T- so, I could tick that box and put the present under the tree. And so it's interesting because I still have Christmas with those guys, um, you know, every year or every second year. And now we've like, okay, let's be realistic. We're, you know, about, I think about 10 years ago, we stopped buying presents for the adults mm-hmm. um, and we just donate to a, um, a child, you know, um, World Vision kid. Yep. Um, and he's grown up now. Actually, I think we're gonna to have to find a new one. <laughs> he's almost, <laughs> wow. That's really interesting. Well, he's not. He's not completely grown up, but he's definitely in his mid, mid to late teens now. I think
0: that's always so but wonderful yeah. when that happens. That my family's mm-hmm. always had sponsored children through. Um, well, vision we've got two kids ourselves and just to see them grow up and you know I mean I think they get to a certain age and um and once the the community reaches a certain levels of self-sufficiency they they usually move on to another community but yeah it's that's a very that's a really nice thing to do I think as a family um let me backtrack yeah, yes, though. lovely. Sorry. The reason we're talking about Christmas in September um, specifically because I I got a question on my Facebook page from a a listener, Natalie, um, and she was asking about my take on Christmas and its, you know, heavy heavy commercialisation and how to kind of manage expectations both of our children. She asked specifically how do you manage the expectations of what your kids expect for Christmas and then she also asks, how do you manage what family and friends give kids for Christmas? Because even as parents, quite often with those sorts of situations, it's not in our control what people buy. So, um, you know, by way of a delayed introduction, that's kind of why we're talking about Christmas today. Um,
2: like specific- how unlike us to have a curly conversation. <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm really shocked that we went off oh, on a tangent.
2: Right? outrageous,
0: outrageous. <laughs> um, so what about you? Do you do anything specifically to manage the expectations of your kids in the lead up to Christmas or birthdays or anything, any other kind of gift-giving time?
2: I guess um, I'm trying to think about it because I hadn't really, I don't think we've done it consciously, but I think we try and focus on, you know, when we're talking about Christmas rather than going, wow, you're going to wake up with lots of presents and da 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 and, May make it more about wow well, we're going to hang out with so and so and so and so and you know all your cousins and isn't that going to be great and I guess we try and just make it more about the family and I think we can all i may hopefully <laughs> in, a, in my ideal my ideal brain um i'm we're also role modeling the idea that because we're not um sort of busy opening presents you know as adults ourselves then there's less focus on stuff and then hopefully by that example maybe the kids might um take a bit of that on board um in terms of yeah what do you do in terms of managing it um
0: i mean not dissimilar i guess we've never talked up the stuff side of christmas you know almost to a point where sometimes even just during the year i I, i'm um my kids are at an age where they're really impressed with toys and stuff at the moment, mm. um, which yeah. is fine. You know, That's it's fine. great to be interested mm. in things like Lego and you know dinosaurs mm. and that kind of stuff. Um, mm. but there's a certain kind of type of toy, I guess, which you can see is just, you know, it's trend based. It's like ads everywhere, push, 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 um, to buy mm. this particular thing. And you know, that in six months time it's kind of gone and and no one wants to, to kind of think about it anymore, I guess it's like the Tamagotchi craze. Let's put it that way. Mm. Um,
2: yeah, um, or like, yeah, they do. They go through very quickly, and it's about pushing out plastic and yeah. You know, everyone. So I'm like, I'm always
0: mindful to not be impressed by that kind of stuff.
2: You know, I don't want mm. to
0: stifle my kids' exploration and curiosity, but that's not the way that I would do it. You know, um, but then. The thing that has helped a huge amount, and I didn't realise for probably a couple of years how much of a difference it made, but we don't watch commercial TV. So our kids don't see, they don't see ads. They don't see what, you know, the the big thing is um, in the lead up to Christmas because there's always kind of like a handful of gifts that is like a must have for a certain age that that's what the ads are telling us. And my kids mm. just aren't, they're not aware of them in that regard because they don't see them. I will say that, um, YouTube has kind of taken over the commercial side of kids' toys. I mean, there's a like myriad of uh, kids' toys channels and things like that that basically are just product reviews. And that is something that we've been really aware of over the last kind of six months that we don't want to kind of encourage our kids to engage with those kinds of things because they're just ads. They're just glorified ads. Mm. Um,
2: so I think being... Even, I mean, I suppose even on... Um, I was just thinking about it as you are talking because we're in a similar situation with television because mine is slightly younger than yours. We're, you know, we're still not onto the YouTube thing yet. But I was thinking actually even in the young age, even on non-commercial television, there's still merchandise associated with various television shows. But I, I suppose that's... Um, because the merchandise is not actually advertised, it's not as obvious... Um, Yeah, I think it's not as in your
0: face in terms of like Mm. this is something that you can buy. I mean if the kids, Mm. they watch Netflix and if they see like a a doll, for example, that's from a Netflix series, then they'll know what it is but it's not so much a, um, you know, push, 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 ask mum and dad, um, ask us for Christmas (laughs) kind of thing.
2: But it's really interesting because I think actually it's quite a powerful thing to try and – um, I mean, I, I sort of am two minds, you know, whether um, you know sh- sheltering my children or whatever. But actually, having read Blink by Malcolm Gladwell and looking at the power of images in our, imprinted in our brain, and those advertisements often push stereotypes and see you know, plastic stuff, and all those things that maybe aren't actually. Great for leading um, a contented life, mm-hmm. you know. It's because it's it's pushing a whole lot of images onto a very malleable brain that imprint, and they're very. It's one, you know. something like you see an image ten thousand times or something, and then you that once you have that, it's very hard. It's like imprinted in our intuition so we respond to it automatically so if you can try and remove as many ads from mm. the life then that's it is probably quite a powerful thing and worth trying but it you know ads are everywhere so we can't you know, no. i know i'm gonna put a blindfold on you and you know <laughs> but it is something to think about like i think that's the and the good thing is we can you know we're in a really good position to be able to think about these things and make those changes and adapt and talk to our kids and and have honest conversations and say, "Oh, you know, and maybe that's with Christmas as well to have an honest conversation and go, "Wow, well, would you rather have you know lots of these little figures, or would you prefer something that you can use that maybe like a bike that?" Yeah takes an you places or an experience mm. or you know like would you like to go and see a concert or would you like to go on you know a holiday or you know or something or you know like maybe help you know help having a conversation with the kids and uh, and yeah. explaining you they can it is an or thing either or you know I, and I think yeah. that's right I think um, we I've been talking to my kids about that sort of stuff
0: probably since before they were able to even understand what I was talking about. Um, but, you know, <laughs> and they're looking at me Mommy's at like two – yeah, so ranting.
2: Yeah, okay. Mummy's
0: ranting again. But
1: <laughs> <That laughs> well, they're two happens.
0: years old. They're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, never happens in this house. Anymore. <laughs> but, um, I mean, there was this one toy that my daughter – Desperately wanted for Christmas. It was this. Uh, it was her birthday. I think maybe she was turning three, and it was the only thing she asked for. And while I'm, I really resisted buying it, it was literally the only thing she was asking for. Uh, and it was a doll whose hair changed colour in water, supposedly. Mm-hmm. So we thought about it. We, we ended up buying it for her, and she got it. She, oh, so exciting! And it turns out that the doll, the doll's hair, only changes colour in ice cold water that has to be kept in the freezer for like 3 hours and then it changes back immediately. It was just a crock, you know. And she was she was kind like of like oh. the
2: hyper colored t-shirt. Exactly. It was like okay. hyper color hair. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah.
0: And That's you know, she was easy. kind of it was very interesting to see. She really cuz she'd seen seen the ad or seen something somewhere about it and she thought it was magical. And to see the reality of what it was like compared to what she'd seen on TV was really interesting. She said, "Mommy, it it doesn't do what look like in the ad and I'm like well darling that's because sometimes ads lie do you know why they lie because they want us to buy stuff they don't care if it works or not you know in terms of this sort of stuff I mean like I'm trying to keep it very simple for a three-year-old but you know like, I, I just wanted to encourage her to understand and you know over time of course we continue the conversation which I guess would help cement it but That things aren't always as cool as they look on TV. So to start, which is
2: a really interesting conversation, and that in itself is quite an amazing lesson. Like, quite an amazing conversation to have as a three-year-old. Like, a a wow. Yeah. So you know, I don't know how much of it she understood at the
0: time, but we still talk about it. Mm. You know, we talk about Mm. it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) The the dud hair doll. (laughs) Yeah. Or you know, the ads. Ads just ads don't necessarily tell us the whole truth. Or. Um, mm. So I think that those kind of ways of of discouraging the, um, you know, the focus on stuff is really helpful. And then we have really frank conversations about how lucky we are with the kids too. We're just Ooh. We're just fortunate, you know, in a mm. whole host of ways. And there's lots of children who don't have any toys. There's lots of children who might not get a gift at all for Christmas or they don't have any nice food or they don't have family to spend time with. And I'm just, again, trying to kind of – introduce the idea that um you know just because you don't get the the, the toy uh doesn't mean that you're you know it's un- that life's unfair it kind of um
2: yeah actually that's a good that's, that's interesting because we last christmas we did because um we' sort of have, we're sort of moving on to the next um, sponsorship. We hadn't organized it or anything like that. But we did um, bought a water pump through UNICEF, and it was really interesting because I had a chat with our eldest. He was four at the time and I showed him the picture of the water pump and I was explaining to him that not everyone has running water and all that kind of stuff and, and he got quite excited about that idea. That <laughs> Although he thought we were getting the water pump so that was a little bit confusing <laughs> to get, for other kids to use in our, in our garden which was a little bit confusing. But anyway... Um, <laughs> he's got the idea but yeah look I think I think that's the thing is it's actually each you know if if you're able to take the time then each experience or each thing given or each thing there is actually a really good opportunity to have a chat you know and have a how it works because in a way we we have to set up um them to prepare them to be have analytical minds of you know questioning um what they read or see or hear, especially now with the internet, where there's not, not as much curation as there used to be. I mean, not that um, everything that was reliable before, but now you really have to be discerning about the information you read and see and hear, even more than um, in the past, because it hasn't been, you know, um, curated. But whether that was a good thing or a bad thing remains to be seen. But there's just a you know, a lot more information and sim you know all these little conversations that we have hopefully help them have a more analytical approach to the stuff and maybe when they see the youtube ads you know they go oh yeah they're just trying to sell us the stuff and it might be a bit disappointing like hope you know maybe in time they get that idea
0: yeah i, yeah. I think it was interesting last year as well we um traveled for Christmas. It was the first time we've ever been away at Christmas, and um, we obviously couldn't take many gifts for the kids. I'd bought them all, and wrapped them all before we left. Um, but I think we bought them maybe a puzzle each, um, some Lego, and some clothes, and, um, and, uh, and a book. Because we kind of focus on that, um, try and kind of stick to the idea of something they want, something they need, something to wear, something to read. And Mm. I went with that for each of them. Um, And they were so perfectly pleased, you know, with a really Mm. humble group of gifts. And, I mean, admittedly, we were on an amazing holiday. So, um, you know, part of the present was a ticket to Disneyland, but that didn't take up any room and that was an experience rather than, Mm. you know, stuff. And um, we still talk about that as like an either-or situation. You know, Mm. we could – spend a lot of money on toys and things, or we could go on a holiday. Um, you know, not every birthday or every Christmas, of course, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, and, and just to kind of introduce mm. the, the idea to the kids that maybe this is like you didn't get a bike or you didn't get anything big, but, um, you know, you're on this holiday and we're able to do that because of, you know, our choice to, to not buy big expensive presents kind of thing. So um, mm. that was that was just really interesting. I was curious to see how they would react to just a handful of of small presents, and they there was no no discernible difference.
2: It's interesting actually because your read, lovely reader's question it's Natalie, is it? Na, yes, Nat, was it? Yeah. I was just thinking about it because growing up and the you know having the two different families in my life and the different approach to presents. The funny thing is my father's gifts to me were a lot more humble, but I can tell you which ones I remember because he'd made them. Mm. And I can tell you, I know, you know, and I, you know, it's made a bit of a challenge with decluttering now because (laughs) part of that is like because, you know, I knew the effort and the love and the thought that had gone into it. And, yeah, I probably didn't have the happiest reaction immediately i think as parents it can be a little bit confronting because you put all this love and effort and do something and the kid goes oh, but i wanted it as such and such but hopefully over time and if you you know like i was involved in the making process as well so i got to see things being made like the doll's house or the 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 funny pram stroller that looks a little bit more like a deck chair but um <laughs> which I just dearly love. It's really wonky and everything, but um, I'm going to have to give up on it. But it's, yeah, it's really interesting because I guess in terms of expectations, I don't know if I was disappointed at the time, but I remember being, you know, over the long term I have loved those things. I can't even tell you. I mean, I probably got a strawberry shortcake doll and Barbie dolls from my mom, which was awesome. That's great, and I wanted it at the time, but um, I don't have those. I think I just cut off their hair. You know, (laughs) going back to hair, (laughs) hair issues. Clearly, this is the hair issues podcast. Um, (laughs) Dolls with hair issues. Well, I cut yeah, cut off the hair because I wanted a Kendall as well. So there, you know, there you go. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really interesting one. I think we also need to manage our expectations of their reaction. I suppose, like if they are disappointed, we can't really judge the kids for being disappointed about something. No,
0: I think um, that's just something yeah. that they need to learn um, over time, <laughs> and that's part of life. You know, dealing with maybe a different outcome than you'd expected or hoped for, or um, you know, and I again, like I said, I we still give our kids gifts. Like I'm not, I'm not advocating giving no gifts. Um, if that's what people want to do, I know a lot of people who do that, and they do it really successfully, and it's a really happy, positive um, situation for them. And I think that's awesome. And mm. I imagine that when my kids, when our kids are a bit older, that's something that we could really openly discuss with them. Um, but at the moment, you know, to me, it's still. It's still kind of magical. I remember that feeling Christmas morning and um,
2: yeah, I think it also it's, a, it's a, I mean, you know, like I think there's advantages to both because you're setting up, you know, ways of, of thinking for a child, you know, and and you can help in a way set up a relationship with stuff because we even even if you're the most minimalist person, you still have to have some stuff, you yeah. know. Um, which, you know, even if it's just a loincloth. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know, otherwise, otherwise the people down the road, neighbors, are going to get really upset. Um, but
0: that's hardcore so minimalism. I think,
2: the, <laughs> I think the thing is, you, you, um, I think, yeah, you're setting up rel- how to relate to stuff, and you can choose. You know, you, each family needs to choose and think about how to do it differently and how what works for them and I think that's a huge privilege now like we can do that we can think well what do we want to how do we want to express how does do we as a family want to express Christmas and what potentially could we um you know show our children by example with the stuff like do we want to go no presents or a little bit of presents or you know you know the varying range of things or or still buying them lots of presents but having those conversations with them as you go i think yeah i think this just we're in a really wonderful point where we can do these things and can think about stuff and um have conversations perhaps you you know more of an ethical point view or an environmental discussion or you know all these kind of things are, there's always an opportunity for oh, i think there's always an opportunity for a chat or a rant or a rave with your children
0: <laughs> <laughs> i have been known to do all of those oh, on a semi-regular dear. basis uh, <laughs> so i guess the second part of the question is When it comes to friends and family who might give your kids gifts, how – first of all, I guess, how do you um, encourage them to think about things in terms of your desires, maybe less stuff or whatever, and then also how do we kind of balance that when our kids are given maybe an overload of of stuff from other members of the family or friends and then we're kind of going uh, maybe a more minimal route – how do you manage those expectations too? I, I mean, personally, I guess I find it's just about um, being open and honest, but also being understanding that everyone has different kind of views on this. Everyone has different ideas on what, on how to maybe show love. That, that's a way that some people show love by giving gifts and you know thinking about what somebody, what, what the kids would like. Um, so I guess it's partly, a, for me anyway, partly about just having conversations, being really open and honest about your changing ideas on stuff and your changing relationship to stuff and how how that's impacting the way your family's living and how Ooh. that's impacting, you know, the gifts that you're giving, things like that. Not so much like a lecture or a demand, but just a conversation <laughs> you know because i have heard of people you know who like there was a story that went viral last year it was an invitation to a a birthday party and um the parents sent a list of um pre-approved gifts for this child i think the child was one or two like a
2: bridal registry yeah wow.
0: yeah and but it was i mean it wasn't it wasn't only that like i you know I wouldn't do it but at least I guess if you have that then you're going to get what you want for your kids but then they went so far as to say if gifts um are purchased that aren't on this pre-approved list please leave the receipts because we will be exchanging it um for money wow yeah. <laughs> so you know yeah. I guess you can make demands if you want to but I don't know how open I think people the thing will be is, to
2: is them. That we we kind of still have to focus on okay if if we want the The real essence of Christmas to be about family and love and connection. We also have to kind of own that a bit in our way. Like you know, that's that's quite a harsh thing. To, harsh I thought thing it was. Um, which you know, like okay, that's you know, I feel like saying bully for you. You know, <laughs> good on you, kind of thing. Um, because you like well. Yeah, but what impact is that having on your relationships? Like, exactly. what impact is it? And in a way, to me, it goes a little bit against the the you know um, the the ultimate aim of helping the connection. Yeah. and 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 therefore we can't really judge how other people are or behave and we can't really control them and you know like we've if we're choosing to live a simple life or a slow life or a minimalist life or anything like that then we've had a lot of hours of thinking time to get to that point but yeah I think um basically we'd get we've had a lot of time to think, we think, okay, right, this is how I want to live. It takes years often to come up to this this point, whereas a lot of these other people haven't um, thought in this way, perhaps haven't even considered it, perhaps haven't, haven't even come across it. And maybe you haven't seen them, f- you know, maybe we haven't seen them for a year, Um and if we haven't seen them for a year they perhaps don't know the changes that have undergone in your you know in our families and in our you know situation so they don't know and like before when you were talking about um I think you're you the nail on the head because for some people it is their way you know presence are their way of expressing love and we you know we it's not our place to judge that and if that's what they want to do um then we kind of you know need to allow that to happen but i also equally love to have a good chat with someone about you know um how you know our family philosophy in things and i found actually um like we found that a lot of people <laughs> there was, was a classic case a couple of years ago where our eldest was obsessed with these plastic drivable cars, like obsessed. Like it was the only thing that he would sort of, you know, elbow his way in at a, at a kid's playground and stuff. And one of my friends saw this and they really, really wanted to buy him one of those. But they knew because I think, you know, as people we sense that people become aware of your changes in lifestyle or how you're approaching things, that people come aware and they they called me and said, we really want to buy him one of those cars. And to me I'm looking at this hulking mass of plastic going, (laughs) ah, ah, landfill, landfill alert, you know, and um, (laughs) and I'm thinking, I wonder if I can recycle it, you know, (laughs) like all this kind of stuff. And I said, all right, look can you do me a favour, can you try and find a second-hand one and I will have a look too and see if I can find a second-hand one because obviously it would be cheaper for you and it would make me feel a lot better. So we did that and that, you know, made, <laughs> made me feel a better and our eldest didn't know the difference. He was perfectly happy with a second-hand gift and I think actually it's really funny that we are obsessed with giving kids new things as presents, like straight out of the wrappers because they... Uh, especially the younger kids, they don't notice if they're secondhand. And I think it's interesting. I feel it's really funny. I feel it in myself, you know, giving a gift that's secondhand. I feel like, oh, my God, I'm depriving my child <laughs> because it's a secondhand gift. And I have to challenge myself because I go, but why uh, Why do I have this perception that it's just depriving him, that it's a secondhand gift when it works just as well? Um, in fact, it's kind of cool because it's got a bit of story behind it. It's got a bit of street cred, you know, and I found I found that really funny how challenging I find that,
1: you know, uh, yeah.
2: I'm giving something. to them. I think mm. it's really interesting because they're the stories that we're
0: told, you know, we either tell them to ourselves that, um, you know, buying a secondhand gift or making something or, um, you know, whatever it may be is, it's not the same as buying new. I mean, it's, it's exactly the same. It's just that um, there's less of a, a, a footprint on the thing that you're giving. Mm. Uh, and, yeah. and
2: the funny thing is, yeah, because like you can think about, you know, in some ways actually I feel better about a second, you know, if I put my rational hat on and I go I feel better about a second-hand thing because I'm not kind of contributing to some weird, you know, third-world mm-hmm. You know, factory practice that I know nothing about, and I don't know how those workers are treated, and I don't understand, you know, where the plastic is coming from, and I don't understand, you know, all this, uh, how much emissions are involved, and da, da da da. And so, actually, the secondhand product in my rational mind is a much happier gift to give. But it's still a challenge for me, which I find hysterical. But, you know, of all this thinking that I've done, I still have this slight thing inside me that goes, oh, but it's second hand. I know.
0: It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> yeah, just, you know, but it's just happens. the conditioning, I guess, of growing up in a, in a highly commercialised society. Like that's just the conditioning that, you know, you, we, we, we show love by buying stuff and we buy more stuff and we buy more stuff and, you know, that's a way that we... We show love, um, and that's what we're told. And in a lot of cases, and that's happened, true. Yeah, but yeah. Mm.
2: it's happened in such a short space of time. Like my, I know that my father was given secondhand gifts, and he was very happy with them. Like he got a secondhand bike and stuff like, and he was really happy with that. And and so it's only really in a gener. It's so fast. It's like 1950s onwards. Mm. The programming has just kicked in somehow that we've just yeah you know, swung kind of the opposite
0: way it's fascinating it is i know there was a book um or a documentary i can't remember that i've noted down somewhere that i wanted to read um that was about the generation that kind of changed our relationship with stuff um Mm. it was it was kind of that 1950s 1960s era where it became less about um you know the utility of of things and kids might have had one toy one doll one car Um, whereas now kids have got room fulls that they don't, they can't, there's no rational way that they can play with them all, but it's a continuing cycle of, you know, putting out the next Lego set. So that's slightly different to the previous Lego set, but I don't have that one. So I want that one too. Um, yeah, I think going back to what you were saying before as well, one of my kind of guiding principles of slow living is people over stuff which can be taken two ways. You know, um, I choose people and the well-being of people and my relationships and my connections over stuff. And you do that in a multitude of ways by simplifying and letting go of things so that you have room for that. But it, I, in terms of what we're speaking about today, it can also be applied to the fact that I put my relationship with um, family or friends above stuff, even if it means That they're giving my kids stuff that maybe I wouldn't have bought them. I'm still putting my relationship first. Like I'm not going to hurt someone's feelings by being ungrateful. um, About you know about a toy or something that that
2: is so immaterial. You can can re-gift it later. You know, and actually I love your. I always think of it. Your. Um, hang on, I have to get it around the right way. Um, love people use things. Yes. I always think of that. I love it because it just—it's a—it's my like having a little brook in my head, in my head, wandering around. Like, love people use things. Um, I've got a little brook yeah, in my head too. <laughs> I hope she's nice. She's really well. She has a moment. Put it that way. Because <laughs> the rest of us really like brooks, so we like the little brook to be nice, the big brook. Um, <laughs> Not that my voice is always nice, but um, actually I was laughing to myself when you were saying about the Lego because I thought, wow, actually, I'm, I'm next time I'm with, with or actually with the, you know, the instruction manuals that come with Lego, I'm going to snip the because at the back they have a little catalogue of yes, related do. things. And that's where my son gets where he wants to get the next thing. And so I'm like, I could just snip it out. You know, they're at an age where, you know, we can do this, whereas I think teenagers and stuff, you don't have as much say. But you can also have
0: a rational conversation with a teenager and, Mm -hmm. you know, and and disappoint them too. (laughs) 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 I'm I'm quite aware that I'll be disappointing my kids a great deal when... (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's really interesting you say that because actually I was thinking in terms of my you know with expectations from gifts and stuff like that. Like my father gave me when I was thirteen, a like a a mini chest of drawers, and he'd refinished it and relined it all inside in you know, with felt and everything like that. And I do remember at the time going, "Oh, I wish he'd bought me." Something else, you know, um, and so I. But it's it's funny because I've used that ever since, and it's been you know my little storage, you know, for stuff. And in a way, it's actually kept my stuff in. In has limited the amount of stuff that I keep because that's it's quite small, and so that's all that you know, all the cosmetics and all the jewelry that I keep is fits within this little chest of drawers. And so it's really funny because yes, I, I was a bit disappointed at the time, but in a way, the conversation around that chest of little miniature chest of drawers is was has been more useful and more guiding over the years. So I don't know. Hopefully, we're having an impact. <laughs> it's hard to know though. But yeah. It I mean is. then but then you know, I also have to be able to give those things away. Like I have to be able to that's that's my new stage of that, but that's a completely different conversation. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, it's but it's an it is actually an interesting um an interesting topic because I've written before, I I wrote this massive long post last year, um uh-huh. like called the ultimate clutter free gift guide or something like that. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Um but part of what I said was just um, because I know a lot of people like to give homemade gifts when they're trying to cut back on buying over, you know, the holidays or birthdays or whatever. And I, I said, you know, it's it's a really thoughtful mindful thing to do but also with handmade homemade things comes an additional weight i think of yeah, obligation yeah. to to keep it or to treasure it or you know so there's nothing innately wrong with handmade or homemade gifts or something like what your dad's given you um over the years but they do just understand that you know i, I don't know i think it's important to know that it's going to somebody who Wants the thing that you're giving them because as thoughtful as they are, uh, if you've given someone like a macramé toilet seat cover that you've worked really hard on, but it's not kind of their jam, then they could, they that comes with the obligation, you know. So I think it's really important to think that through before you you give everybody, you know, a cross stitched um version of your own face or something
2: <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of all those great photos from the internet of really ugly jumpers that have been yeah. knitted for people look you know it can't have an advantage you could post it on you know really a, you know a horrible gifts kind of um internet site um yeah i think that it, it's funny because i do give a lot of handmade gifts and so i tend to I don't I don't know how to express it to people. That's a really good question because my feeling is that if some because I regift things, <laughs> I kind of have this philosophy that things go out into the world and Absolutely. they kind of flow and hopefully they'll find the right happy owner. Um this is my romantic side. <laughs> <so. laughs> and that if maybe it's not the person that I'm actually directly giving it to, but maybe it's the person that they give it to or the charity shop or somebody and hopefully it's you know you know if it goes into landfill- landfill, then that's so be it you know the 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 intention hopefully the message around that gift was the thing that was mm. absorbed rather than, and I don't really feel um offended if somebody doesn't have my fine creation on I display or anything, I'm, I'm you getting
0: know? like a lot of people will contact me and say the opposite though so I don't know if it's if like you you having that approach is unusual um, but a no. lot of people will say to me like my you know my mother-in-law for example always asks about the thing that she made us or the thing that she bought us. So I think it would be Ooh, really, yeah. Yeah. And that I mean, yeah. that's, that's a situation mm. that I've never had to deal with. I've I've been really fortunate. Our, you know, I think our families all have a similar approach to the thing, like things come in cycles. Like it's okay to pass them on. I pass on a lot of things. Um,
2: yeah, It's kind of like an ecosystem for yeah. me, but I see what you mean. Like, uh, yeah, I see. I haven't, Mm, I think that's an interesting one of how to manage other people's expectations if they've given you something that they think is really special. Like I have given gifts in the past where I've been a bit I put I thought I'd put a lot of thought into it and um and it hasn't been received in the way that I thought it might and that that was disappointing but mm. I kind of think that is a part of gift giving yeah. that it may not you know we can um, choose to hand something over, but we don't really have ownership. And so I, th- I suppose we have to gently educate other people that, you know, you really love the intention behind it. Um, but you don't, um, particularly have, uh, you know, it doesn't work in your life. And do they want you to be burdened by something mm. that actually doesn't really work that well for them uh, how to have that conversation is really interesting
0: it is and i think it's i think it's going to be like a. It, it's a gradual conversation to have like it's going to take mm-hmm. many conversations particularly if the person giving the gift is not on the same page in terms of simplifying slowing down minimizing whatever uh if if they're not coming from the same place and it's going to be a really foreign concept and it might be an abrasive kind of topic that brings out people's defensiveness, or people's people will find it offensive that maybe you don't love the thing that they gave you. And I think it's just a matter of being open, non-judgmental, grateful, and like a, a slow, gentle renegotiation of what stuff means and our relationship to that stuff, both as a giver and a receiver. Um, you know, and when it comes down to it, we can't do anything about people's reactions like we can um, do the right thing to a certain degree but at some point it's about how it's impacting on our life too and you know sometimes it's just
2: and actually it's interesting about. because in a way it kind of um, comes back to what we we're talking about with the kids and being role models and to sort of show that the relationship is the priority so you know the thing that we didn't really want, isn't the most important aspect and even you know so actually saying thank you for it and maybe there's some other way of satisfying that person or um, expressing the gratitude because we have to rather than feeling because I think sometimes we can feel like the perhaps that it's there's some kind of hidden burden feeling that's actually a psychological thing that can get a little bit immeshed with the so the way the relate the um, the the emotional burden kind of gets a little bit immeshed with the physical burden of an object, and sometimes it can be really hard to tease those things out and separate mm. and go, okay, well that's the emotion <laughs> I know that's the emotional side and that's the the actual physical aspect of having that thing, and I guess we need to it. Think about what's we need to when we're thinking about that thing that this person has handmade has given us and is asking where it is and why isn't it on display. We need to kind of understand if there's an emotional reaction, what the emotional reaction is, and if there's some way of supporting their feelings and hopefully. Um, you know, say, you know, because they've put a lot of effort into it and expressing, you know, like mm, recently I was given, so, you know, some something that was handmade and it was really beautiful and but it was completely inappropriate to me. So I had a conversation with the person and I said, oh, I found, um, you know, this other friend of mine who this lady dearly loves um, and I said, look, her daughter would really, really love this do you mind if I give it to her? And actually it was a really happy result because she just, because somehow I'd found a home for it and a home for that expression. um, But that's not going to be the answer in in all situations. So in a really long-winded answer, (laughs) I think, I know, it never ever happens to me, Um, I think we have to be a little bit clear that the burden we feel by that handmade object is kind of our choice. And yeah. that we can choose to take it on as a burden and feel guilty every time they ask about it or can say, Oh look, um you know, I've found a really good home for it or I've you know, if we and often if you do things in a really considered way and a gentle way, people quite appreciate it that it wasn't just thrown like if it's thrown into landfill then that's a bit heartbreaking um actually there was a gift I gave that I know got chucked and I realized it was a bit silly of me to say not to say if you don't like it I'm really attached to it um could you could I just have it back um so then I can give it on to somebody else kind of thing or I guess it's interesting because we need to kind of have conversations around this area and we need to be able to separate the emotions and the physical then somehow um, and move on from that. I mean now I think in a way because of my new philosophy of simplifying and stuff, I'm kind of glad that I don't have that. But I do feel sad that it went into landfill. Mm. So I guess that's that's one aspect of maybe the person wouldn't mind if you found a nice home for it somewhere else, but then you may not be able to find that because maybe it's just really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe. I don't know. It's That's a really interesting dilemma. Um, yeah, it is, and I don't, I don't think there's a, there's a right answer.
0: I think it's really um, dependent on the situation with the family or the person who's given it to you. Um, and I, mean, I often say it, there's no one way to do this like there's no one way to approach oh. it i think if you approach it with um like just be gentle but be you know approach it from your philosophy of like living a simpler life and then also approach it with compassion to to where this person's coming from and i mean look i don't have a lot of experience with toxic kind of relationships thankfully but i know some people are in those situations and in that case I, I like I don't know what advice to offer other than to be gentle and compassionate and open-minded, you know. Um, it's
2: really interesting because when I worked for a neonatal psychologist and helped her write books and stuff, one of the th- Tenets of her advice was to be, in all interactions with a child, to be loving, firm and kind. And it's really funny because those three words I've actually tried to apply to all relationships in my life because I think actually the way we interact with, ideally, the, you know, how we interact with children actually applies to adults as well. And I think if you apply the loving, firm, kind rule or, or you're, similarly what you're talking about, compassion and kindness, if, if you actually do it in a way that, and you think, okay, this is what I want to get out of this. I want to get this handmade object out of my life. Um, but I don't want to feel guilty about it. Maybe the, sometimes guilt just comes with it, but I, I want to do it in the gentlest possible way and try and write down a whole lot of options of you know how to approach it. And then you go, okay, which seems like a lot of, work around one item but if it's causing a lot I mean if it's causing enough debate for you to have to write you know to to think about it and um question it in a you know forum environment it means it's taking a lot of headspace yeah and that's what and I was just going to it, say yeah. I'm, I'm like
0: most of me just wants to say look it's just stuff just let it go you know let it like, honestly just because I'm I'm not I, I'm not personally super attached to to stuff, anything really, um, like in terms of belongings. So I have a really, it's quite easy for me to say, just let it go. It's just stuff. Don't elevate this to a level of importance that it actually doesn't have. But by the same token, I also want to offer, you know, some kind of um, guidance to people because for some people it it is, like you said, a really big issue because they're, they're, you know they're tense over it they're they're stressed about it they're concerned um yeah and i think in that case all you can do is be loving firm and kind you know
2: yeah it's interesting isn't it because we do i think there's you know each family is different like some families the 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 emotions are tied up in stuff for various reasons because you know that's was the expression of love and um often that can go on into um legacies and things like that as well and I think if we can try and sort that stuff out in when people are alive it makes the whole process of enjoying life with them a lot better and sometimes it does mean having hard conversations like it is um it is only stuff and if you don't like it then it's not actually it's not the um, that's not the object doesn't contain the relationship
0: exactly and
2: I guess that's hard isn't it because if you're raised in a family where the object is the relationship then it can be hard to pull away and I guess that's been a challenge for me with the handmade stuff from my father because whilst it was humble in its gift and I love the message behind the humbleness now and I love A lot of those things about it it's now having had my own children and and stuff you know now they're getting of an age where I need to pass those things on of which I'm doing because I realized it's not he wouldn't want me to be burdened by this stuff he also um wouldn't want you know it for it to be wasted in a attic doing nothing you know so it would be he would prefer it to be out in the world um and being used and loved and bashed and whatever kids do to stuff you know (laughs) and and it's you know and I guess that's the thing is we can have these start to have these conversations with people which is so nice that this stuff I mean it's really interesting because I do come from I guess because of that that handmade element I do come from a family where stuff was you know that was his expression of love and so and it came in an object but I knew also he was a very loving man so that and there was more to it than that, and that's the it's kind of my job is to um, process that. I guess it's a little bit like you know, when you write something, and they talk about writers have the writer can write, but the writer cannot um, determine the meaning that is perceived by the reader. Yes, so as gift, we need to be responsible gift givers if we are going to give gifts and say it will be received in its own way. And also we need to be good receivers and say, because like especially I find like this is another convoluted answer, but, it's, you know, with an email and something is written and it's come across badly and it makes you feel cranky and you think, oh, ah, why did they say that? But we also have to think perhaps I'm misinterpreting what that person has written Um, And it's not meant in that way. So it's possible that we also need to be responsible as receivers to handle it in the way that's appropriate for us and and own that and say, look, you know, this gift isn't right for my family. um, And I'm going to find some other avenue, place for it that is right for it. And thank you. The intention was really beautiful. Yep,
0: I agree. I will also add that. Please don't buy people novelty gifts. No oh, boob yeah. aprons. <laughs> no, no, like, singing fish, things like that. Oh, that's, yeah. I, I must admit, I draw the line at novelty gifts. Um, you yeah. can call me a stickler if you want. You can call me a bore. That's fine. I will not buy anything with boobs on it, like pl- pl- plastic fake boobs.
2: Um, Tell them a joke.
0: <laughs> exactly. Buy them a ticket to see a comedian. Just don't <laughs> exactly. give plastic boobs. I
2: know, because it is. It, it's so, that's so, yes, I agree.
0: Because, you know, like, I know, sorry, it was mm. a complete tangent, but like, so often, office parties and things like that, like, we, we exactly. say, we've got an office Christmas party, we're going to buy a $20 gift, you put it in, and everyone, you know, we do the whole um, Secret Santa thing. Buy a bottle of wine or some nice like stinky cheese or something like that you know don't buy crap just for the sake of buying it like if you if you're going to buy something that you for someone you don't know very well then buy something consumable um or buy an experience i think i mean i'm i'm for those things anyway regardless of whether you know the people or not but um yeah just steer clear of the novelty gag
2: gifts (laughs) It can be tricky though. Like I've noticed that there's, you know, entering into the the preschool and soon school, you know, environment where, you know, there's a bit of a tradition of giving little gifts to the other classmates and there is a bit of a conundrum, you know, because you can either go the, the sort of chocolate sweet lolly rat, or you can go the novelty trinkety gift and so you kind of in this uh, you know it's really it's really interesting to try and find something that isn't chocolate or sugar loaded or isn't a novelty gift mm, of like some description like trinket. we yeah yeah we did a party a little while ago where it was i think it was quite well we said where you know the kids all received a um a little pot plant with a seed in it and you know that's you know, with some seeds in it and they could water it and stuff like that. I don't know. Look, it's more stuff. I know. But at least it was in line with what I felt a bit better about. Absolutely, so, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm starting to yeah, – how do
0: you handle those sort of situations? Um, I'm sitting here thinking I must be like a horrible Grinch because I don't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, but Wait. I think also that's also perfectly valid. I, mean, I guess that's the thing is like that's where I'm going, well, maybe we just – I just stop. Yeah, I mean, look,
0: honestly, I think if my kids wanted to do that, I would definitely go down the maybe handmade, like homemade cookie route or something like that, rather than, um, you, you know, than buying like commercial chocolate or anything like that. But I would definitely steer clear of plasticky trinkets. Um, and I'm sure this year, actually, I mean, it's our daughter's first year at school, so it's really, and at preschool, it doesn't seem to be such a thing. Um, for our kids, but, uh, yeah, I'd probably go the the route of making something rather than, um, like, something consumable rather than, than buying things to give.
2: Yeah, because sometimes it's just we do, like, I, you know, I have found it so fascinating the number of things that I just do because it's kind of what everyone else is yeah. doing. And I find it fascinating because I look at it and I go, hmm. And for the first time I'm thinking, well, do I really want to do that like that?
0: And again, and it, it, yeah. I think it's like what we were talking about before. It's just a, a, an ongoing kind of discovery of what works for us and what doesn't and what works for our lifestyle choices and what doesn't. And it's, you know, you're not going to like knock it out of the park the first time around. It kind of takes time and it's okay that it takes time. You know, we're not going to get it right all the time. Um, like I, know, I know I don't and i don't even try to get it right all the time because i'm always kind of figuring out what works for us and what doesn't and you know um trying to just keep like our core philosophy our core um you know reasons intention whatever you want to call it at the center and from there you can't go super wrong if you keep that sort of stuff front and center um and again that just takes time to figure out too like yeah it's it but it's a really interesting Question. Because I mean, I know we're kind of getting away from the the Christmas thing, but um, I mean, I guess it applies to Christmas as well. Like, like you were saying, those plasticky trinkets and that kind of stuff. We just do it because that's what all the other other families have done, and we don't want to be judged differently. I guess. Um, but it's just a matter of making a decision and owning it. You know, just own it. Just stand there and you own it, like if, if anyone's got a problem with it. And I highly doubt that anybody ever would.
2: No, um, I doubt it. I agree with you. I can't imagine. I just find it hysterical that, I, you know, that these little things come up and each time they come up I go, oh.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely, because it's just it's
2: questioning what has, hasn't has been questioned before. Yeah, And it's such a privilege to be able to question these things because, you know, like in, you know, Other times in in the world and other situations you kind of almost had to do things a certain way whereas now actually we have a huge privilege to be able to go, actually, mm, no, I'm not entirely convinced that's the way. And and by um, your gesture of that actually allows other people to take that on board as well.
0: It's really interesting when you do things that might seem a little bit Quirky or countercultural or whatever you do them, and the response from so many parents or you know people around you is, "Oh wow, that's I re- I would really like to do that." You know, rather Ooh, than I'm judging you harshly, it's more like I'm really glad we could do that. So it's um yeah, it's really interesting. I think everyone's kind of I don't know nervous about being the first ones to do something different or. Concerned about being judged when everyone is similarly struggling, I think to find the best way forward.
2: Um, Yeah, or they just haven't thought about it, you know. And that's you know, and 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 actually, if somebody offers them or shows them a different way of doing it, they go, Oh, oh, well, that's quite clever. Or that's quite good. Yeah, it's interesting. I think yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I, I think, oh, I'm going to get charged or whatever. But actually, sometimes the result can be a really positive thing, where you actually can cascade quite a big change in a in a in a group environment. Like you know, the choice at Christmas time, like it was a bit hard for us. You know, ten years ago, there was quite a bit of you know angst around the going no presents for you know any adults kind of thing And that. It was it was a bit hard for the first couple of years, and my mum, I know, kind of missed the present thing. So I used to just give her a few gifts on the sly, keep her happy because that's, you know, that kept her happy. But um, and but slowly the conversation kept on going, and now it's kind of it's a um, it's a beautiful thing now yeah. for us because I, I, we we all sort of skip around before Christmas and go, woohoo! I don't have a Christmas list to buy. I've got like you know, I've. Maybe I've got like three presents or I suppose I have five gifts to buy considering we are the children. But, yeah, it's just so liberating and that's the thing is that um, for a little bit of pain, like I guess it goes back to that same conversation about, you know, the awkward conversation with somebody who's given you a handmade gift. For that little bit of pain of, okay, it's not really my thing or whatever, it stops them doing the same thing again next year like you know that exactly <laughs> yeah. year, if you want to make changes
0: it might be mm. uncomfortable for for a moment you know to have that conversation with your family to say well maybe we don't do adult gifts this year let's do either nothing at all or we do a charitable gift or you know we do a like a a draw so you only buy one gift for a family member rather than 10 um those things can kind of feel awkward to to bring up but almost invariably Everyone feels the same pressures. So everyone feels the financial pressure of buying 10 gifts when buying one would be so much easier. You know, I think more often than not, even if there's kind of a transition period where people aren't sure what, where, what it all looks like, you look back and it's all, almost always a positive change. And it's been our experience. Like both Ben's family and my family and our extended families all do that. Now, so we we have like four gifts to buy, and then kids on top of that. But none of those are kind of outrageous. It's just, um yeah, it's just so much simpler. It's so nice. I oh,
2: know it's so liberating. I do. No, I just said this. I, I, it sounds mean, but I kind of almost skip through the mall. You know, if I'm going through the city or something, and I see all these people with masses of shopping bags and stuff, and I almost. <laughs> keep going, yay! Let's do it. This is really quite mean, but you know, because like, I should, you know, I feel like it probably should be more empathic of of various things. And similarly, like I think if a family doesn't want to do it, then that's okay. Of like course. you know, then you know, and that conversation. But you can gently just keep having the conversation, and or you can do um, something. What we did time.
0: was was you know initially there was. Um, in extended family there was like hesitation to go to the whole buy one adult a gift from one adult and that was it. Um, So, you know, you can kind of not protest it but you can present your point of view by just giving gifts that are in keeping with your philosophy. So I would give – because, you know, people, they didn't need anything so I would either give like a a voucher, a restaurant voucher or, um, you know, movie tickets or even – some people I just give them like a charitable gift card. Like well, Vision and UNICEF do those gift gift cards where maybe you give twenty dollars or fifty dollars, and it buys a goat or it buys you know chickens and seeds and that kind of thing. So you can, I mean, even if your family doesn't want to engage in simplifying, you can. Um, you know, all the all my my nieces and nephews once they hit primary school age, I um, we give them. Um, gift vouchers uh, because they're always saving for something. They might be saving for an iPad or a computer or, um, you know, like a bike, a mountain bike, something like that. And to be able to help them contribute to that is so much better than buying them something just for the sake of, um, you know, so you can even if, if your family doesn't want to engage in a different-looking kind of gift-giving thing, you can.
2: You know, you're, you're free to do that. And well, I think actually it's worth having starting the conversations soon mm-hmm. now rather than later because once you get close to Christmas the stress has already started to kick in people have you know sort of starting to get emotional about it and things and so if you start to have the conversations early, like even um maybe making sure that if if they don't want to go no presents then you know okay well let's perhaps go for more considered gifts like you know maybe something that is that's definitely wanted or because um, you know and you can go from the angle of well it'd be a shame for it to you know not be wanted so we can all have a conversation about the kind of things that um the different people want and and there's those sites now where you can do a group buying thing i can't remember the name of it now but i'd imagine a search would come up where you can all buy put in money together to buy a certain gift that um you know, the code that gets sent to them at the end kind of thing or you collect it, whatever. um, But, yeah, there's a lot of options now. Like there's lots of different ways to do it and I think that's the thing is every family needs to figure out the right way for them. And we're so lucky because we can. Mm. We can have these conversations and we can do it differently and we can and often it's just starting the conversation.
0: Exactly, just engaging in it and being open to what people have to say.
2: Yeah, and and if, because if we become, you know, we don't want to swing too far into the dogmatic, because you you want to sort of, you know, encourage and, um, and show by example and all those things that, you know. Uh, are probably going to be better in the long term because it's hard sometimes when we make big shifts in life. We want everybody because we can see the advantage, and I I'm, I know I do it. I go, wow, look, it's fabulous. Isn't this amazing? You all should live like this, you know, and <laughs> you should. Um, yeah, but, you know, that doesn't – we're really – that that's my point of view. And it's kind of arrogant of me to think that my worldview is the best way because there's so many other ways to do it, you know, and I think, yeah, Mm. but the conversation is worth having. It it is exactly. It really is.
0: So that would be my recommendation. Um, All right. We've been chatting for ages. what's the third part of the video? I was really, uh, there was kind of like the, just the, I think we've covered it off, Um, but Have you got like a top idea, like a top three, whatever, um, of either simple gifts or clutter-free gifts or things that um, are almost universally well-received when you give them?
2: Do you have any? Well, I mean, look, I love my body scrubs, but that's because I kind of think they are a consumable that, that aren't people know that they're not a particularly demanding thing of me to give, but I think they're quite beautiful. So, but also if someone doesn't want to use them and I also say, look, with the homemade beauty stuff, you know, use it in three to six months and chuck it out. So they're not actually, I actually tell them to throw it out if they don't use it. Yeah. right. um, I give you permission (laughs) that has permission to throw it out. Um, and I also think, yeah, either the group buying thing. Um, I think it's such a great
0: idea, really good idea. You all, can, you know, all contribute to a week at a or, um, you know.
2: Yeah, because imagine you could all put in, yeah, like towards a holiday or something. And how lovely would it be to actually, you know, contribute to someone's holiday or something, you know, have a, in a small way so it allows them to have some time off or something. Look, um. I've given massages in the past but I've found that to be a bit problematic um, because some people don't like them and sometimes it can be um, almost a demand in itself, you know, um, because they've got to get to the place Mm -hmm. before it expires. uh, I would never have that problem. (laughs) I know. I would never suffer that problem. But I guess, yeah, being being aware of the person that you're giving and, um, and their priorities. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm a big fan of things, of experiences over things. I've said it like a million times. But, you know, cooking lessons, that kind of thing. Um, For a family, what we've given to my um, brother and sister-in-law and their kids is a pass to uh, the zoo, that kind of thing, because that can kind of be an expensive day out. But Mm. if you, you know, if if you give that to them, it's – I think that's a really useful thing, and we've we've done it with them as well. Like alongside them, they've given it to us. We've given it to them, and we all go together. And it's a really nice day. Um, oh, that's cool.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it's memories. Yeah. And then, like, that's the thing is there's so many different experiences around like even if it's you know some kind of adventure sport or you know any there's so many fabulous yeah. thing experiences that are available now
0: yeah they're really i mm. mean my
2: yeah my family often
0: does like the the red balloon kind of vouchers so um and then you can spend it on whatever you would like so Indoor skydiving or a weekend away or massages or you know a hot lap in a V8 race car or you know to give people the opportunity to choose the experience as well can can also be really nice.
2: Yeah, because I guess that's the thing is if we don't know someone that well, it can be tricky to be able to. In you know, some sometimes you can give a similar kind of burden with the experience as with the object because we don't know them that well if we're too. Specific about the experience, then it, that can feel a little bit like a burden. They've got their their certificate there, and they don't get around to using it, and then they feel bad, guilty, what have you. Yeah. So yeah, so maybe if you can either you know find out what sort of things they're interested in, or give a fairly open ended exactly thing. A yeah. friend of mine and I we we, we swap um, like we buy each other comedy stand-up comedy concerts or music concerts for each other so then we get
0: to go to that's awesome but will ben and i will often do that
2: i bought him tickets
0: to um to see mark maron and that's just after his birthday so you know that's a great gift i think we'll go out and have dinner and have a few drinks and then go and see a comedian and
2: like to me that's
0: super enjoyable
2: yeah, and that's life, you know. That's getting out into life, and I think that's the thing—is encouraging people out into the world. It's a lovely, a exactly. lovely thing to do. Yeah. Mm. Well,
0: we have done a heck of a job talking. <laughs> <laughs> How unusual! Um, yeah, I'm again. <laughs> thank I'm shocked. you. Oh mate, thanks. Thank no, you. thank you so much for talking <laughs> thank about. Thank you. Um, it's been so fun. Thanks
2: mate. Bye.
0: This has been another episode of the Slow Home Podcast. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe via iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. Thanks for listening.